Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Incredible truth there. Jesus did not physically touch them. True? Did not physically touch them. Gave them a word. And then as they walked in obedience to that word, the miracle happened. So a word of faith and the walk of faith. Sometimes we want God to come and touch us. That's wonderful when it happens, doesn't it? You know when God comes and He tangibly anoints you. But sometimes it's a word of faith, then you walk in faith. A word and faith, then you walk in faith. Word and walk, word and walk, word and walk. And in doing so, many of us will achieve the miracle. As you go in the word that God's given you, that will release the supernatural. Can someone say amen? It's just a very short little point, but it's one worth making. Anyway, as it went back, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself down at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a one of those people, a Samaritan. Jesus asked him, were not all ten cleansed? And where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. It is incredible, isn't it? Ten people have the same miracle, but only one comes to give thanks for what's happened. In Mark chapter 1, verse 40, there's a story of another leper. He's a soul leper. Jesus is just walking down the street. The leper jumps out and says, can you heal me? He says, why? What, you've got leprosy. I'm all scabby. I've got sores. He says, you can't touch me because that's how you get this disease. And Jesus says, no, I'm going to touch you anyway. And the guy's healed and says, can I do anything for you? And he says to the leper, sure, go show yourself to the priest, but whatever you do, don't tell anyone. Well, he couldn't help himself. He told everybody, and Mark's gospel says that as a result of that, he could not enter into any town or village in the area because he'd be met by all the lepers. I think that's probably good disobedience. <laughs> so there are thankful lepers, and there are the other types. There are lepers who take, and there are lepers who fail to go, thank you. Good lepers are those who are healed and never forget, Shelley, what they have been cleansed from. They remember how good clean feels. Uh, Dave Bolton and I have went to India, and one of the great joys of coming to India is when you get back into a nice hotel somewhere that's got clean running water. Am I telling you the truth, Dave? And there's nothing like that first shower after you wash off the, ma- the manure and the cow and the dust and you wash India off. It's just so good to be clean. We shouldn't remember how good it feels to be clean. Because you see, there were 90% in this little group were ingrates, bad lepers who forgot what Jesus did. What a shame. They were so completely healed, they were able to go back to their former life, back into society. The pretenders, they could go into any place. They could go to their coffee shops, their land parties, their golf clubs. The untouchables had now become the embraceables. The infected had now become the respected. 
The isolated tomb dwellers had now become the fashionistas of that exclusive restaurant. Instead of shouting out, unclean, unclean, it's give me high five. Notice here that the lepers that were healed were healed without the physical touch of Jesus, but they walked in the word and obedience to what they had. So my theme to this morning is very simple. How important is it for us to stay in the place of gratitude? How important is it for us to stay in a place where we're thankful and we remember what God has done? I remember where I came from. I remember myself being a street kid at 16, half years of age, probably an alcoholic, immoral, violent, maybe demon-possessed, bipolar, could hardly read or write, suicidal, angry, violent. I was a really nasty, broken person. I remember what Jesus did. He touched this leper. He set me free. And I now live in that. So can we sit at the feet, these eroded leprous feet of one Gentile leper who learnt the power of gratitude? C.S. Lewis said over 30 years ago that in the old days, ancient people would approach the idea of God as God was the judge and we had to give an account to the holy judge. That's how all ancients approached God. Now in the modern world, we now put ourselves in the place of God. We have now turned ourselves into the judge and we want to tell God how good he is. Oh, how come you let babies die? How come you let bad things happen, God? How do you do this? We have actually now set ourselves up for the judge over God. This is a sign of the atheism, the agnosticism that so permeates our society. Many years ago, I taught our church to do the evangelism explosion. Uh, It's like an evangelism program. You go out in church on the streets, you knock on doors. You're meant to ask them two diagnostic questions. The first diagnostic question is, would you like to know how the Bible says you can get into heaven? Most people would say, oh yeah. The second question is, okay, so you've answered that first question. If you were to die tonight or this morning, and you were suddenly to appear before the Holy God, and it was to ask you this question, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? And the diagnostic question was designed to find out what did you believe in your theology, however good it was. And most people say, well, I've been a good boy. I give to telethon. I'm not a triple axe murderer. I'm still married to the same person. You know, that, that, it'd be a works-based type answer. And then you'd try and lead them into the good news of the gospel, that we've all failed, but Jesus Christ came to actually rescue failure. So, you know, if you're sick today, there's great hope for you because Dr. Jesus can help you. If you're well today, I'm sorry, you will be well all the way to a lost eternity. It's only when you find out how much God needs you to come to him on his terms. But now you knock on the door and say to someone, what reason, if you were to die tonight and you would appear before a holy God and would say to you, hey, Why should I let you into my holy heaven? The modern person says, why not let me into your heaven? Ta-da, I've arrived. (laughs) They have no sense 
of the gap between the God of the Bible and the God of might, the God of self. They have no sense of that. And the oxygen of that or the carbon monoxide of that today is thanklessness. We live apparently in one of the most blessed cultures in the world. I am always enjoy visiting uh, Isaac and Zahida's house, you know, recently from Pakistan via South Africa, asylum seekers, refugees, because they keep on reminding me, Australia is just such a wonderful place to live. <laughs> you guys have got so much, you know, you've got parking spots, you've got police that don't beat you up and ask for a bribe just because you, you know, did the wrong thing, all these wonderful things in Australia. And yet the default setting of most people in our culture is on board. I want more. Why don't you make me happy? Stimulate me. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. We have this thanklessness for our culture. And that's because we think we get it. We've got it. It's my skill. It's my beauty. It's me that have bought all this wonderful stuff. To quote Bart Simpson's line, not that I quote Bart very often, but there's a line there where it's uh, Thanksgiving. It's meant to be a time when the Americans have their pumpkin pie and they have their um, cranberry sauce and their turkeys and they give thanks to God for the new country that God gave them where there was freedom. And I ask, Bart, can you say grace? So everybody bows their head and Bart says, Dear God, we bought all this stuff, so thanks for nothing. Amen. He actually is the way lots of us think today. We have so much. We have our hospitals. We have this. And we've failed to understand it's not whether you have or you have not. It's who your source is. What's the source behind what you've got? Because if your source is the king of the universe, if your source is the crowning king of this cosmos, the Lord Jesus Christ, king of kings, Lord of all, he's the source of the bread that's on your table then we can be thankful to God. We can be a people of gratitude and say, thank you, God. Even when I don't have what I need, what I don't have here, God, you are my ultimate source. And because I'm connected to you, I can rejoice. Hebrews uh, chapter 12, verse 28 states, Therefore, I love therefores, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved, let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. I like what the psalmist says, I am old. I can probably say that now, though it's relative, isn't it? I am old and I have been young, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor begging for bread. That is my testimony. I'm just not reading the book. For those who love God, I've seen God supply and meet their need and never leave them alone. So sometimes we need to not complain about life, but get a revelation, get an attitude of the prophet Habakkuk, who praying sees calamity coming upon his people, but can still say out of revelation, though the fig tree does not bud. And there are no grapes on the vine. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though there's no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stores. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. 
I will be joyful in God my Savior. See, it's not only lepers who need to remember what God has done. It's not only lepers who need to remember where we have come from. It's not only lepers that need to know how God has saved us and rescued us. So we are going to have a series, uh, a bit of thanksgiving now. So we have a microphone. And over the uh, last few weeks, we've had some great miracles in the uh, series. But it doesn't have to relate specifically to something that's happened over the last few weeks. If it does, that's great. But we're just going to give testimony to God. So I'm actually going to get the band up if we can. Because we're going to go two or three of those. And then we're going to sing a celebration song. And uh, we're going to find out just how good our God is. Psalm 53 says, Does anybody know anything good about Jesus, the Lord? Does anybody know any good things? Have you got a good report of God today? Who wants to be the first to give glory to God this morning? Shelley. Actually, this is a bit of a postscript. A couple of weeks ago, the Lord laid on my heart about, um, I felt somebody was in here that had been bereaved and needed that encouragement that things will get better. And this is a bit of a postscript on that. I mentioned about my daughter some years ago having a, a stillborn baby right at being full term. And as you can imagine, it was a bit of a, a shock to everybody. Um, the postscript is, is that after the appropriate period of mourning, because there is an appropriate period mm. of grief, it's normal. There's, a, there's such a thing as a godly sorrow, not a worldly sorrow. And, and that's what she went through. And, and now she is, well, within 18 months, she found herself a new church. She was worshipping God again. She's got the most amazing voice. So straight into the worship team. Um, and now she's at PCLC in the worship team again. And hopefully next year, she is hoping to start Josh Jen, which is a further training program for us. So she is worshipping God and her heart is ever after God, even wow. after what she's gone through. Thank you, Lord God Jesus. Is God is good. Dave? Good idea if you want to share, just come and sit out on the front row. That way, we're not wasting time. Ah, sorry, Pastor. Um, right. Yeah, so this is one for the house actually. Um, uh, Elisha's wife, um, Sindhu, uh, has uh, had a hole in her heart, mm. and uh, we were raising money to uh, help her. Uh, and uh, us and a lot of other people that love Elisha and his family. Uh, and the, the uh, operation went really well. Um, her surgeon did a great job, and so she's just feeling very grateful and thankful for the support we gave her. And there's people all around the world have actually helped that operation take place. So um, praise God for doctors, hey? Amen. Thank you. Frank? Early in May, I had uh, chest pains. I went to the Fremath emergency, spent all day in there, nothing wrong. A week later, I had to go to the firm's doctor, uh, full medical, two-hour medical exam, nothing wrong. A week later, I was driving my truck and I was going down Row Highway and uh, I got chest pains, so I pulled off, chest pains went, started to drive again. Got on just onto Orong Road and I had severe chest pains. I drove for just over two kilometres with these severe chest pains. 
And I was, went through as a set of traffic lights. I said, Lord, please make them green. <laughs> so we went through those. They were green. Uh, then I've eventually come to a place I could pull off the road. I couldn't pull off the road only a bit more. The traffic was that heavy, it was bumper to bumper. And I was driving a, uh, a three-and-a-half-ton truck with a three-ton load on board. So I just had nowhere to go. Anyway, I pulled off. I phoned up work and uh, let them know what had happened. They phoned an ambulance. The ambulance arrived and carted me off to Royal Perth Hospital. It started off nice and slow. And within about four or five minutes of the journey, on went the sirens and off they went. Um, I remember getting, I remember it being in the ambulance. The next thing I can re remember is actually being in the cath lab and uh, talking to the doctors there. And I got hold of the phone and uh, got the doctors to ring Tanya. So she come down. Next thing I remember is waking up in the ward. And uh, when we, a little bit later on, we were talking to one of the, the nurses, and she said, 70% of the people who have the kind of heart attack I had never make it to hospital. Uh, there's another incident within the, within the hospital. Um, Tanya was there, but again, I was out. I didn't know what was going on. There was 10 doctors, apparently 10 doctors around the bed, all really concerned that I would die. But prayers got me through, and I'm here today. Very good. So yeah, I just uh, say, in, in, in the heart, there's, there's, you've got three, heart, three arteries. The central artery was 100% blocked. My left-hand one was 75% blocked. The right-hand one was 25% blocked. So yeah. it's a real miracle that I'm alive Absolutely. today. Absolutely. We're glad about that, Frank. Fantastic. A number of years ago, we had a man in the church that had cancer and he went into a coma. And uh, so I was visiting him in hospital and he just tells, tells that when I would come pray for him, he said that he was sort of like in this, maybe an elucidative state, whatever, but he saw angels come and stand around him. And all the heart monitors and all the things that go beep and beep suddenly went well when I prayed for him. And when his mother-in-law would come to pray for him, now this is not a statement of mother-in-law, but she was a witch. She would come and pray, and as she prayed, all these demons would come to him and all the life signs would go down. That's his testimony. He's still alive today. God healed him. Amazing story. But I think it's interesting, that thing that we don't always see what's going on in the spirit world. Yeah, Nancy. has done for me and Help I want Karen. to give glory to God <laughs> it's alright um, I want to give glory to God because uh, <laughs> three, 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 three years ago my brother was on death's bed and the doctor gave him 3% chances of living after his stem cell and I said to him no because I would not accept it God has got the answer for all our questions, and God, Dr. God, will heal you. And he came out, and three years later now, he's cured completely, and he's very healthy. Praise to God. Hallelujah. Fantastic.
What are we going to sing? 19 Happy years day? ago, I was in a very, very bad accident and the doctor told me to go to the showers to live and I have the best doctor in the world. I have Fiona Woods as my specialist and um, she did an amazing job and I, I thank God for that as well. Thank you. Yeah. Great result. Let's stand. We're going to sing Happy Day and then we'll have a few more testimonies. Oh, let's do Tracy first, yeah. Tracy's got a great testimony. I don't like doing this, but I feel I've got to. I've got two yeah, absolutely... Need to help. <laughs> I've got two absolutely gorgeous daughters, and in April, one of them got really sick, and for seven weeks, they were trying to diagnose her. We flew off to Bali as a family. She was real sick in Bali, and we realised how bad she was. She refused to go to a hospital there. We got her home, and she had a perforated bowel, and she... Um, took her to Fremantle Hospital and they said she shouldn't have been standing. Her heart rate was 148 when it should have been 60. She was a very, very sick girl. I knew. I got her into the emergency while they were working on her. I ran out. I phoned Caroline. I said, get out past the mic and everybody. I just knew that she needed prayer. Um, anyway, she went through a couple of operations. She's just had part of her small, large bowel removed. At one stage, they thought she had lymphoma. I got out of the hospital and I cried and I didn't even phone my husband. I phoned Pastor Mike straight away because I knew that she needed prayer. She doesn't have lymphoma. She has Crohn's disease. She's now in remission. Wow. And she was in a ward of all people that had, had um, bowel disease. And she was the only one. They kept sending people in saying, go, on, go in there and tell me what she's got because this girl, she looks fine. But she's so, so sick. And I know that the only difference between her and all the other people in there was the fact that she had God on her side and was being prayed for. And yeah. Yeah, Hallelujah. Okay, let's stand and sing. ago um, my daughter was expecting a child at the time she's having, happened to be on the phone making an appointment for herself to go and see the doctor and I'm the typical Australian now I'm half whatever quick story but anyway typical palm sort of thing out in the sun all the time <laughs> shirt off she looks at my back and she says what's that dad well she's on the phone waiting to be seen to and I said what are you talking about Jen and she says you've got a, something on your back and I'm like and she said she's going to make an appointment for me 
And I told her off. I said, don't you dare <laughs> do that. But of course she did. Went to the doctor and it was a melanoma. And, uh, and th this, is, this is a miracle because again, the same thing. Um, but again, it's, it's a medical miracle because it was cut out and the whole thing. Now, there's a follow on from that. Uh, since then, I've been going to a skin specialist. Um, he has not ever charged me. He's a top skin specialist in Perth, wow. Dr. Chua. That's a miracle. I'll give, I'll give him a plug, <laughs> Dr. Chua. He hasn't charged me anything since I've been there. Um, so um, I, he's also a Christian. He's a, a youth worker in another church. Um, so the thing was that uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I went to my own personal doctor. I had a bruise here that I couldn't explain where the bruise came from and a bit of a lump. And I'm like, oh, you know, you think, what's that? So I went to see her about this, and while I was there, she says, what is this on your chest? Now, I've been going to see a skin specialist, this stop test all these times, and she goes, oh, don't worry about this, what about this? And she goes, on a little thing, and, and um, I've got a, I won't show you, but I've got, I've got right now, I've only just had it cut out. So, I, and, and I talked to the nurse afterwards, and she says, basically, she started going, you know, that was lucky, that was fortunate, this sort of thing. I said, no, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, I think that's a miracle <laughs> that this has occurred, and she said, well, actually, so do I. So praise God. Yeah, awesome. Wonderful. Any other lepers? Oh, sorry. <laughs> it, this is a very good-looking leopard, though. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Mike. Ooh, yeah, no, okay, here we go. Here we go. I've had so many miracles in my life. Sometimes I just think that I just exist to give God glory. And uh, the one that I want to share today, in three days' time, will be the 21st anniversary of me surviving electrocution as a kid. I thought that I wanted to make the best Christmas present for my family. I wanted to fix the Christmas lights, get them up and going, but I left the switch on. And sure enough, once I cleaned out that connection, I was stuck on there. Oh and dear. I tell you what, uh, from that moment on, I have made every day count. And yeah. uh, I tell you what, it's parents, tell your kids, Electricity isn't just licking a 9-volt battery, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit more than that. It can kill you, okay? And uh, I remember, actually, I actually remember the experience um, being under the electricity, and it's like, it's like pins and needles, basically. You don't feel anything, but you, you don't have any control. And I remember just crying out, just trying to cry out for someone in the house to try and help me. I remember crying out. I'm like, oh, there's no one that can hear me. I can't even move or anything like that. And um, I remember it was just God. It was only God that could hear me in that time of need. Yeah. And um, he sent someone to come by. And um, sorry, it's going to be emotional. <laughs> um, he just sent someone to come by. And just the smell of my burning flesh. I remember, I remember that day, mm. and that inspires me to make every day count. Hallelujah! How can that compare to what Christ uh, did for me? Yeah, I know that by His grace so I stand here today. Hallelujah! And I thank you for every miracle yes, that He's given to me. I thank you for uh, my uni ministry. I thank you for my family. Yeah. And I thank you. I don't expect to cry up here today. But I thank you, family. I thank you for every relationship I have I with you guys. I think you are right sometimes. <laughs> it is good. It is good. Um, you want to say something? 
Yes, um, at that time I asked the Lord. He's only six years old. And the Lord was quietly saying to me, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and yeah. to kill, steal, and destroy. But I come that you might have life. And I'm giving you back to this boy. When we went to the hospital, the doctor kept on saying, did you go unconscious? He could answer for himself. And um, I said, yeah, he didn't go unconscious. But the little Astro boy on his T-shirt was all crumpled up into a lump. Mickey Mouse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually looked more like a screen mask at the end of it. <laughs> but God is so, um, like Pastor might say, miracle happens. They do. And they say, is he mentally retarded? And I said, no, he's not mentally retarded. <laughs> no, he's he's finished his PhD now. <laughs> but it was just the way that I've heard people say when they get electrocuted, they go into unconsciousness, they have brain damage. And uh, it was a very, very long day that day. When we got back from King Edward Hospital, I f the Holy Spirit said to me, I was traveling along Tonkin Highway with my older son, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, move to the left-hand lane on Tonkin Highway. And in a split second, a car, a valiant, came past by us on the right-hand lane. He mm. jumped over Tonkin Highway. Wow. And I was, all the time, I was, there was like a cork wheel going in my brain the whole day, all the events that have happened, how I nearly lost him. And then to hear the fine voice when the Holy Spirit said, move over. And in that split second, I said to my son, did you see that? And he said, see what, mom? I said, the car just went bypass us on the same lane that we were driving on. Yeah. And it would have been a second, and the devil didn't give up. Wow. He wanted to destroy us that day. If we didn't get him, it was going to get me and my older wow. son and wipe you up. But thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. Can I just say one more thing? <laughs> you know, when you receive a miracle in your life, tell everyone. Yeah. You know, by the words of your testimony, you defeat the evil one. Hallelujah. And uh, when you get that chance and you receive your miracle, that's when it's payback time. Okay? <laughs> you know? When an enemy comes to, you know, to take away... That's when you go, thank you, God, for yeah. that opportunity to make me stronger. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to win souls to Christ. Because God loves us and he wants to get into our lives. Yes, Lord. All glory be to him. Amen. Fantastic. Ravi. Uh, my miracle, or the one I'm going to talk about, happened a few years ago. Um, when I was at a, at a different church, and we were doing an outreach program, and there was another church up the road from us, which um, was uh, a church of Christ, and we were in a Pentecostal church. And I, I was praying one day, and I felt very strongly that we should get involved with them and find a, you know, have unity with them. So I asked my senior pastor, and he said, well, go, go talk to their pastor. So I talked to them about doing a, a joint thing together, and... Um, he said, I know you guys think we don't have the Holy Spirit here. You have a mortgage on the Holy Spirit, but we, you know, we've got them too. And, but anyway, he agreed to us doing something together. And we were coming to a period where um, they decided they were going to have all their elders come along to watch what we were doing. And so our church sent a couple of elders to watch what we were doing. Um, and so we had this group of people sitting there, and we were going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come and fill everybody. And um, we'd been meeting together for a little while, so they'd got to be quite friendly. And I thought, well, 
I'll throw a little spanner in the works. And so I, I just said to them, well, look, some people say that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. What do you think? Knowing that that's, that's not right. It's, you know, it's a very basic gift, but knowing that would get them talking. And, you know, one of our elders said, well, that's a stupid comment. Why would you say that? <laughs> Defending them. Um, and one of their guys said, well, if that's the case, I haven't been a Christian. And I've been a Christian 20 years. And it, it brought this to, the, to a head. Um, as we discussed... This guy, his name was Frank Rechtershot. He was the director of their church. He was sitting there and he, he put his hand up and he said, God knows that I want whatever he's, he has. And for all these years, I've been waiting. And, and I said to him, well, we're going to go and then pray. So if you want anything, just you want to discuss, if you've got any doubts, bring it up now. And he couldn't quite speak. He was choked up. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just came and wow. filled Frank. And as it did, he fell backwards. He rolled over. <laughs> Directly opposite him was um, a guy called uh, Dennis Johor, whose son is actually a pastor in that church now. And he went the other way, <laughs> rolled back. And the Holy Spirit just descended on the place. And everyone got filled, and it went on for hours. Uh, at the end of that all, I remember looking around, it was like a, a war scene. Everyone was lying around. It was just one of those wonderful evenings. And they didn't have an evening service. So he said, well, why don't we go to your church? It's getting later in the day. And so we, we all headed around there. Senior pastor, Jonathan Kelly, who you might know, um, turned up and said, what have you done? And so their pastor came in, explained <laughs> what had happened. John said, I'm going to chuck my notes away tonight. <laughs> we all went in there. The two churches got together. We prayed together. We had synergy. It was one of the most wonderful experiences of the Holy Spirit just coming down and blessing us all. Later on, um, I went along with a group of people, and we were all discussing things like that, that had happened. Over that period in time, all of us, all those people from different churches, had all had felt the same need to reach out to a church in their area, and we'd all had similar experiences. To me, it just showed that God was in charge and He was doing what mattered. God is always in charge. Thank you, Ravi. Yes. Thank you. Well, um, I don't know if everyone remembers, but my brother is, uh, was in a car accident about two months ago yeah. um, in Athens. And uh, so, like uh, four weeks ago, he was actually at my wedding. He was in. Yeah. He didn't have a wheelchair to sit in, but he was actually standing most of the time with us. He stayed the whole day with yeah. us. And um, when we got back, he surprised us by hobbling around the whole house <laughs> by himself without any crutches or anything like that. So he's Tell people about the accident, just how severe it was. Oh, um, he was actually in a head-on collision in a scooter with a car. So he was on the scooter. Uh, he had no helmet on. Um, he had a brain, um, actual brain swelling. So he was in his own coma for three weeks, I think. That's um, he got back from that. He hasn't got any memory loss at all, wow. apart from about an hour or so before the accident. Um, yeah, so just praise God for yeah. that. Yeah, it's a great result, Lincoln. Great testimony, Paul. Uh, as a few of you might know, on 24th of October this year, I end up putting a road train 200 metres through the bush. Um, wrote writing the truck itself off and by the grace of the Lord my chain broke the cross I'm wearing today 
landed on the dash in front of us and protected us, I feel. Um, I hopped out of the truck with only three scratches on one knuckle. The fellow driver hopped out with a couple of bruises. We both of us could have quite easily been dead. And um, then once in the hospital, they kept me there saying that I had to be tested. I would lose my licences for up to two years. Being a commercial driver, as far as I could deal, see, yeah. that was going to be the end of us. We were going to lose our house. We were going to be struggle, lose everything we had worked for. But, um, yeah, through the grace of the Lord, once again, he performed miracles in the hospital time and time again with the tests all coming back perfectly fine. And um, the company then put me through a, a, another um, specialist. He signed off on my licences, which I have now regained the whole lot. Yeah. And I'm back driving trucks again, able <laughs> to provide for my family. And uh, just God. the support that we've had through the church and everything else has just been a miracle. There's no other word for it. And we were blessed. Thank you, Lord. Jesus is good. So it's official. Paul's normal. <laughs> do you want to do something, Joe? We're all nervous, so. Pretty easy. Sorry? Um, I just want to thank God and praise God that this is living me from sexual abuse. That is huge, absolutely huge. That is absolutely huge. Giants fall in the name of Jesus. Victories happen. Walls tumble in the name of God. So, Francis. And hugs are free. Um, I've suffered from depression for many years, but a couple of Sundays ago, Pastor Mike prayed for me. He didn't pray about the depression or anything, and the Holy Spirit really came, and I fell under the power, and I got up different, and I'm healed, and well, I know, yeah, and in sight, I feel so Praise different. Oh, <laughs> awesome, thank you, Lord. I can thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Oh, praise God. <laughs> Wonderful, Carol. We're going a little bit long because the cooking dinner, no one's going home, so you really need to go. This is a real biggie for me because I've been praying for years and years and years to see my grandchildren. Now, one day, I actually had it. I was doing my hair, and I had a big clip in it just to keep it all up, and I heard this tat 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 at the front door. And I thought, now, who is this? It's, it's about half past three. And I said, yes, who's there? And this little voice turned around. <laughs> this little voice turned around and said, it's me, Abby, or Abigail, or whatever you want to call me. It's, my, it's your granddaughter. And now it's been over three years since I've actually seen this child. 
And I just couldn't believe my eyes. She had just grown up so much. Her hair had changed. She had changed so, so much. And so now I'm praying to see the other children. And it's been about that long, maybe three or four years since I've seen them. So I just thank the Lord that I'm actually, they're actually coming to see me now. God is good. He brings families together. Um, I just wanted to thank God for bringing Crystal into my life. Um, if, um, You're setting a high standard here, Peter. Um, by doing that, that um, allowed my heart to be open to God. Um, if it wasn't for Crystal, I probably wouldn't be saved right now. Um, and I just thank him every day for um, opening my heart to him and, and um, yeah, getting married to Crystal soon. <laughs> um, yeah, just... Yeah, without, without Crystal, I, I just wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be with God. So I just thank him every day for that. I've had depression since I was 18 years of age and I find that God has really cured me and I really praise him. Wow. That's good, Glenn. Really good. Love it when they're short and sweet because we're going to sing a song again soon. You want to sing? Do, do testimony first. Thank you. Yeah, there's a lot, lots of things need to be thankful to God. If I write down, I couldn't able to write down from east to west. But the one thing, I just want to say thank God for my family, Jeff and I and Ruth. We face a lot of things, difficulty, situation all the year, not just this year, but yeah. since I got married with him, I face a lot of difficulty situation. But the one thing, the situation never, never welcome to my heart because I know God's power bigger than in my heart. I face Jeff many times in the hospital. And even myself, I'm suffered with the arthritis very and very and very bad. But I thank God, God heal me only twice went to the doctor I'm sorry I'm not denying what the doctor say but the first scripture I just bought a tablet but the second time and I say to the Lord Lord I want to purchase this tablet but I don't want to damage and other things because a lot of side effects what do you want me to do Lord I say and then and then I say sorry to the doctor but in the car I was praying and I hold the, script, uh, the prescription and I tear it and I say, Lord, you are my healer. You are my healer. You are able to heal my joint. All pain from head to toe. And then I'm, I thought I'm not able to do work. I'm working in the nursing home. It's yeah. not easy job. It's heavy work. But I say to the Lord, Lord, you are my strength. You are my power. You are my Lord, able to heal me. But the one thing also, God wants me to do the right things. Probably from the food. Probably from the health or whatever, like uh, uh, looking after yourself. But the first thing, I thank God. God gave me the instinct to find the natural, natural, natural herb. Already, I ate a lot in, in Indonesia. 
you know that God gave me a simple things. You know what I mean? On top of the the nutrition I take is God's power. Even though I take garlic, ginger, like everything, all juice, almost every day. Even though I was in pain that time, I'm unable to wash my glass, my my plate. I'm not able to do. Even though to open the 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 mineral water, yeah. I'm unable in the city. How many times I'm just wait for someone to pass by? Excuse me, can you open this wow. for me like that? But probably this is short story from my life. I mean, I thank you for a prayer. Thank you for the prayer from this church, from the group, for whoever to support me in our prayer. You are a walking I'm miracle. still, I'm still, we still face a lot of uh, uh, challenges. Challenges, <laughs> yes, thank you. Challenges through Jeff, even through Ruth, because few few words ago, he's she's always complained about uh, her arms. We thought the growing growing pain. But finally, they found something uh, in in her. Uh, what is this one? In her muscles, yeah, mus- joints. Uh, inside, there is the lamb. Yeah. So we need to pray for the miracle. I know the miracle. God can heal. God instant. does miracles, doesn't he? God also doing the probably gradually, isn't it? Sometimes. God can do instant. God can do that one. Yes. Thank you very much. Can I say one more time? One, one, more, quick one, one. more quick plan. Yeah, on February, I went back to Indonesia. A miracle is my mom's gone to heaven. On Thursday, on Thursday afternoon, I got the message. Uh, my sister said, my mom is in the hospital. And then straight away, Jeff, look at to the ticket and then flew to Indonesia early morning, February. Uh, 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 February, uh, April, uh, uh, Friday. And then arrived in Medan two o'clock in the afternoon. When I arrived, straight away went to the hospital. And then my mom looked at me like this and then say straight away, Lord, take me home. I'm seeing my youngest daughter. Wow. And then I say, not just yet. I'm just arrived. <laughs> I say to my mom, let's have a chat for a little while. Yeah. I say, how come God didn't answer my prayer? You already arrived. That's my prayer. And now I'd like to go soon. She said, just wait, I say. And then when we're having a conversation, she's still coughing a little bit. Only two days in the hospital. She never have like a serious illness. But she's religious, a prayer, and active in the church, everything. But the one thing I say to my mom, mom, sometimes there is the hindrances also in our life that God will finish the or take it away or you need to release that. And then she said, what is that? Do you still have unforgiveness in your heart? And then she said, ah, as a human, of course. All right. Now you pray and then I will pray and I touch her chest and then I, uh, you pray first and then I will pray for you. And then she prayed and then mentioned the name in, in my ear and then I, Lord, oh Lord, thank you Lord. Forgive this, I'm forgi- forgive this, forgive this Lord. Forgive me and for- I will forgive this person. So forgive me and I forgive them. And then I say, oh, thank you, Lord. It's finished your prayer? All right, finished. Okay, and now I'm praying. And then I will let you go. I say, you know, this is sometimes I feel, am I wrong or not? I didn't pray for the miracle for, for healing. Because this is the second time I want, uh, flew to Indonesia for the same, same time. 
So say to mama, mom, I don't want to hold you, but if God wants you to take you now, he will. But if not, not, I say. And then I pray, and amen, and then amen. And then say, uh, do you want me to sing for you? Yes, please sing for me. And then she chose the amazing grace. And then I hold her hand, and then she sang and with me. Halfway, I open my eyes, and then she say, because she, uh, the song is Indonesian, uh, amazing grace is like that. And then her eyes look up to, to the ceiling. And then in my heart, say, oh, she's almost gone. And then, and then I look at that like a surround in the area. It's like a light, like a light. And then I say, I look at and stop singing. And I say, oh, she's gone. All straight away, the face is changed. And then I say, she's gone. Thank you, Lord. And I stop singing. That's my sharing my mom gone to heaven with peace, forgiveness, and release to everyone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Two more. Connie, Constance. So I'm going to tell you the shortened version because this happened to me for six months. Um, but at the start of the year, I found out that I had something called hypothyroidism. And your thyroid is a gland at the base of your throat that helps um, all different kinds of things. Um, it's somehow connected to your pituitary gland, which is up here. And so I found out about this. And then they were like, you know, you need to go get a CAT scan just in case it has something to do with your pituitary gland. And they found an abnorm abnormality. And so they said that I need to go get an MRI. When I went to go get an MRI, they thought that it was a very high chance that I had a benign tumour on my pressing on my pituitary gland. And that if after a while my thyroid tablets that um, made my thyroid start working properly again instead of going really slow, if they didn't start working, they were going to have to give me surgery and take it out. Um, but luckily after two months or three months, the abnormality started going away. And um, they, some of them was like, oh no, it was just swelling. But like, I believe that God healed me and... What was really funny was mum was freaking out. And when it was happening to me, I didn't feel like it was happening to me. I didn't accept it. I was like, this this isn't happening to me. I don't have this. Um, I felt like it was happening to like someone, maybe a distant cousin that I don't really talk to or something. I didn't feel like it was happening to me. So God healed me, definitely. Wow. Thanks, Constance. We serve a good God. We serve a great God. And Crystal's going to have the last word, Peter. Yes. Um, okay, so I think, Raina, that six years old is definitely the age that miracles happen, apparently, because when I was six, I um, was at the old church uh, on Forest Road and Dad was finishing up kids, church, uh, kids club, sorry, and um, he stayed late, as always. So I got a bit bored and went over to the house that was just behind the... the um, the church there and started playing with the kids and they had a trampoline which is amazing because I was six years old so I started jumping up and down on the trampoline and then another one got on with me and another one and another one anyway you know when you're on a trampoline and you get bounced higher than you're supposed to because there's more people on there I thought it would be a fabulous idea to do a bit of a trick while I was bouncing very high and came down on my bottom and the base of my uh, heel hit the uh, bar around the edge and 
long story short, I had quite a few different fractures in my in my leg from that. And um, at the bottom of each of your bones, you've got a little slither uh, just before the, the top part. It's called the growth plate. So when you're growing up, that expands and it's what causes your bones to grow. I had two different splits through that growth plate when I was six. And um, so we went to the doctors and they took an x-ray at a GP and they said, ooh, you're going to have to go to PMH for that one. So I went off to PMH and they said, I'm really sorry to tell you, this leg's not going to grow again. It's oh done. Dear. It's finished. So she's going to have to wear a shoe that's this big until she's 14. Then when she's 14, we're going to snap it and reset it and add a bit extra in so that then she'll be a normal height. Well, mum and dad weren't too pleased about that. So we went home. I was in a wheelchair for six months wow. with a cast. And um, mum and dad prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and the church prayed. And anyway, again, long story short, went back after six months to get my cast off and everything. I wasn't allowed to put weight on it at all, by the way, during that time. So I was always in the wheelchair. And um, went back to the uh, to PMH. They put my leg in the uh, in the X-ray machine, and they did the scan. And we went and waited. And they came out, and they went, "I think we've scanned the wrong leg. Oh. We're just gonna put you back in and do the other one because it was it was the left. Oh, I don't know. We'll just do the right one just in <laughs> case." Came back, went. They look the same. Oh, Maybe we should let's do the left one again just to be sure. <laughs> We're gonna pop you back in again. Left one done again perfectly normal not a single mark didn't look like I'd broken my leg at all and as you can see grown normally and um the funny thing is I now work in radiology (laughs) so I get to bring my x-rays in and go look what happened to me so yes like Raina said tell everybody about your miracles because it's your testimony and God works in interesting ways now that I work in radiology (laughs) oh wonderful so uh, thank you for coming to this church uh, service and uh, hopefully you've heard about this great God that we worship and that we serve and there are literally hundreds of miracle stories that we could unpack just from this one congregation. Uh, and as I look at you, for some of you, you aren't a stranger to me, you are a miracle story. Some of you I have walked with uh, for a number of years and I know your miracles and I I just see miracles bang, bang, bang. Some are spectacular, some are of a physical nature, some are of an emotional nature, some are of a spiritual dimension as well, but thank God that he does miracles. And so push into your God. When there's a word, walk in it and things will happen. So we're going to sing maybe... 10,000 reasons. It's a good way to finish. Uh, please stay. My son will be actually doing a five-minute sermon not to be missed. We have a number of other acts and entertainment. It will be really entertaining. A lot of good fun, a lot of good food and some fellowship. So God bless you. Let's stand and let's worship this great God of ours, Jesus our King. <laughs>